Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. Today, we're talking about eye contact. This is some really good stuff, and we're just going to jump right in. Here we go. Hello, this is Mike with Big Presentations in Small Rooms. Today, we're talking about eye contact. Eye contact is a fascinating subject. Eye contact has been used to market products and create engagement for as long as there's been people around to buy stuff and to seek out relationships. Think about eye contact on, let's say, uh, the cereal aisle. Imagine yourself walking down the cereal aisle of the grocery store. When you get to the middle of the aisle, kneel down like you're going to tie your shoe and then look up at the cereal boxes. There's a good chance that you'll see Captain Crunch grinning at you, inviting you to buy some cereal. That's because the market research has shown this approach to be effective. Making sure that the gaze is downward, kind of at kid height, and a smile is inviting them in. The idea of smiling eyes used to sell a product. It works. I remember when uh, I was first marketing my book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms, I spent a lot of time creating different marketing pieces and social media posts to invite people to buy the book. You know, nice headshots and good-looking uh, layout with text and pictures of the book, and they did all right. But then one day, in the mail, I received a box of my books. I had ordered some in print. I was so excited to receive them that I got one out and I held it up for the camera and grinned real big. It took a picture of it. I posted that to social media. Guess what happened with that post? It was much more popular than the more slick looking ones. I think because there was obvious excitement in my eyes and in my smile. It was eye contact creating engagement. We can use eye contact in our presentations, but we need to be careful with it. We need to understand the cultures and the needs of our audience because not every culture plays by the same rules when it comes to eye contact. For example, Western cultures value eye contact as a way of creating engagement and showing trust and showing respect. Meanwhile, Eastern countries are a little more wary of eye contact because it can be seen as a sign of disrespect or a sign of directly challenging authority. So we got to be careful with that eye contact. I, I remember one time uh, I was working with a group and I noticed that hardly any of them would make eye contact. Now, none of them seemed angry. None of them seemed disengaged, but it was just hard to connect with their eyes. And then I realized that many of them were from a Hispanic culture where the lack of eye contact was a way of showing respect to the person in authority. Then it made more sense to me and it wasn't offensive in any way. So what do we do with eye contact in business presentations? First of all, just realize that not all cultures play by the same rules. And so someone may be uh, not making eye contact as a way of wanting to show respect to you. So be humble and be adaptable and don't be easily offended. Assume positive intent. Assume that whatever they're doing is an attempt to show you respect in the best way that they know how, playing by the rules of their own culture. 
And then as you look around the room, realize that your eye contact may not be well received by everybody. So if there's a sense of pushback, realize that might be it and simply make less eye contact. Be aware of what's going on around you and use your eye contact wisely and humbly, realizing it doesn't communicate the same thing to everyone. So if you're presenting and it seems like you have some people in your audience who are looking at your neck but not at your eyes, it might be because that's what they learned in childhood as a way of of not creating offense with the direct eye contact while at the same time keeping their eyes close enough to the face where their peripheral vision can gauge where the speaker is looking so they can respond accordingly. They're just trying to play by the rules of their own culture. Realize that eye contact is powerful. You want to use it wisely to make the best connection with your audience so that you can be making big presentations in small rooms. Today, we're focused on eye contact, and obviously, there's a lot to learn. But of course, before we get started, let's review the content from last week's episode. Last time we were together, we talked about ideas that can help us prepare more effectively. We talked about time of day, the location of preparation, and the limits of focused thought. Knowing whether you're a morning, a midday, or a night person, well, that's helpful. Finding an uncluttered workspace with natural light, that's helpful. And realizing that you're not going to be able to focus deeply for an all-day session, well, that's helpful too. This episode's a good one to check out so that you can make the most of your preparations. And we're going to talk about eye contact in depth and in focus in just a minute. We'll be right back. Do you have to develop presentations for work and, and wish you could just compare notes and learn from other presenters? There's a community waiting for you at the Workplace Presentations Hub. You can find it on Facebook. Join that hub in order to receive encouragement and guidance for you as you make big presentations in small rooms. Today, we're talking about eye contact and how to use it wisely in our presentations. This is a complicated and fascinating subject. All right, so let's do it. Hey, uh, Paul. What? Uh, We're talking about eye contact, so... Look, look at me. I'm trying to look at you. I, I can't tell. Yeah, you, I can't tell if you're looking at me either. Yeah, I guess there's some limits to talking about eye contact in this podcast format. This is very true, but we'll work around it. You know, like like the pros that we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Man, eye contact is a powerful tool and marketers know this. They want to make sure that the eye contact of their marketing pieces places the focus in the right place. Because where eyes are focused guides attention. And they want to make sure that the gaze of the models is guiding your attention to where they want it to be. So if the person who makes the ad, they want you to read something, well, the gaze should guide your attention to the text that they want you to read. Now, if they want you to view an image of a product, then the gaze should guide your attention to that product. If they want you to connect with the model themselves, then the eye contact will be directed, well, at you. So that's really important and a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. And this is why... Captain Crunch is smiling down at the hungry kids on that cereal aisle. The marketers know that many of the customers, those kids, they can't read yet. So they're making this direct appeal to the kid with this friendly and inviting eye contact. 
That's true. And if you don't believe us, pay attention to the cereal boxes. Pay attention to the billboards and the ads in that magazine that's on your coffee table and see if you figure out where they're looking. Yeah, this is so cool. Such good stuff. Eye contact is truly a powerful tool, but the rules change from culture to culture regarding how to use it. So, for example, if you're communicating with someone from, say, China, it's helpful to know that eye contact is a way to express anger and disrespect or a challenge to authority. And authority figures can make and maintain eye contact, but those who are below them, the subordinates, well, they, they're not supposed to do that unless they want to challenge that authority. Yeah, and if you're working with someone from Iran, eye contact is welcomed with friends and family, but eye contact among different genders is not acceptable. And similar rules apply when young people are speaking to their elders. And in Cambodia, the rules are similar to the United States, except that women usually look at the ground when they're talking to men. In some areas like Kenya, the rules are complex and diverse. In urban areas, more eye contact is expected than in rural areas. But no, no matter where you are, be aware of the other person's eye contact and their responses, both verbal and nonverbal, to the eye contact that, that you have. Use wisdom and then make adjustments as needed. That's very true. Now, also, I will add on to that. I think that the difference in eye contact and what people even in America are comfortable with is shifting because so many students that are coming through high school and college, they're used to texting. They're used to being on their computers and and doing a lot of stuff either by themselves or just chatting with their friends via text and not face-to-face interactions. So we've seen a bunch of people who are coming into college who – honestly look like they feel very uncomfortable with looking you in the eye when they're talking to you because it's not something that they have to do as much as maybe kids did 10 or 15 years ago. So with that in mind, eye contact is indeed a powerful tool and the rules for it, of course, vary from culture to culture and it really doesn't make things easy for us. So when delivering big presentations in small rooms, how can we apply this knowledge? That's a good question. We tend to think about eye contact in one-on-one settings, Mm -hmm. but big presentations involve audiences of, of multiple people. So how do we make eye contact with a group? Well, I've been delivering big presentations in small rooms for almost three decades, and here are some things I've learned. If you can briefly establish eye contact with each audience member, then that's the equivalent of having eye contact with like an entire group. We can think of like the group as like a single organism with with multiple sets of eyes like you're seeing to make eye contact with with each set of eyes. Is that what we're doing here? (laughs) Did I I get it right? I feel like I'm on the right path. uh, (laughs) Well, that's that's creepy and kind of weird, but I I guess that would work. But now I'm going to have nightmares about conversations with multi-eyed beasts being afraid it's like going to kill me and eat me if I don't establish eye contact with every set of eyes. Ah, you're welcome. The idea of making eye contact with a group reminds me of a story from my college years. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Going way back. Really? Right? Way back. Like, like that far back? Way back. (laughs) Back in the 80s. I was taking a history class, and the professor was an older woman who was really shy. 
Okay. Eye contact was intimidating for her. So she tried to make pretend eye contact with the entire group. And she did this by looking over our heads at various fixed points on the back wall. If I remember right, there was three fixed points on the back wall. She would just rotate through those. (laughs) She wasn't fooling anyone and it was really distracting it's funny i've actually heard that piece of advice before (laughs) so so what better piece of advice do you have for shy people oh well there there are two things one is that you need to be careful what occupation you choose Uh you know if you choose an occupation that involves making presentations then you have a responsibility to make the most of those presentations including appropriate eye contact But do this knowing that there are people who are on the other end of the shyness outgoing spectrum, and they have to use self-discipline to hold back their enthusiasm or their desire to be overly forceful. You're not the only person who has to adapt, so do other people. Okay, so what's the second thing that you would say? When you're making eye contact with individuals in a group, quite often, they're not going to be looking at you. They're not going to be returning that gaze, and that's okay. The rest of the group will notice that you're spreading your gaze around the room. So, you know, in essence, you're making eye contact with the group. So when I attempt to make eye contact with an individual within a group and it doesn't work out, I don't let that show on my face. I just keep moving my gaze around the room. My eye contact will rest on various people in the group. Okay. Now that I think about it, this happens in one-on-one conversations too, where sometimes you're looking at the person who's talking and they're not really looking at you. And other times while you were talking, you look at the other person and, and they're not looking at you either. They're just looking somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't become offended at this unless the other person is consistently avoiding our gaze, consistently avoiding eye contact. Okay. So it's, it's that kind of multi-eyed beast thing. As long as the other eyes see that you try, then then the beast is satisfied. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's still creepy, but yeah. And realize that like, if the entire group is avoiding making eye contact with you, then that's a good possibility that there's a cultural difference leading them to do this. So they're just trying to show you respect by avoiding eye contact. Or, or I've got another theory. Maybe there's something hanging out of your nose and they just don't want to look at it. (laughs) Yeah, you should indeed check your nose before getting up in front of a group. And also double check your zipper because that can also be the problem. (laughs) Speaking from personal experience, it can happen. But if something like that's happening, then there will probably be at least one person in the group who's grinning mischievously at you while another person in the group is making pointed glances toward the area that needs attention. Yeah, that goes back to a previous episode where we talked about the need for awareness. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. You need to be aware so you can use wisdom to adapt as needed. So now that episode, in case you're wondering, is about having an effective presence. And that's another good one to go back and check out and maybe even review, even if you've already listened to it. Coming up on this week's Big Presentations podcast, we are going to answer the age-old question, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many presenters have that question. They're thinking, okay, I'm going to have to be up in front of a lot of people. I'm, I'm nervous. And, and all of a sudden, when you're nervous, things that would just be absolutely natural if you're talking to your friend or your family members, all of a sudden just become weird. I mean, do I gesture big? Do I gesture small? What kind of posture should I have? How much should I move around? Should I move around at all? What, what should I do? And the answer is, of course, 
Just put your hands in your pockets. No, I'm just kidding. That's not a really no, 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 a viable no, no. answer. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the other go-to is you grab the sides of the podium. But if there is no podium, well, then back to the pockets. I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do either one of those things. In the upcoming episode, we're going to give you some good information and some guidance so you'll know what to do with your hands. <laughs> One thing that you may need to adapt is the amount of eye contact that you're making. I mean, some people, because they're nervous, they want to focus only on the notes that are in front of them, or if they're making that all too common mistake of thinking that that they can, you know, use their PowerPoint or the presentation software as their cheat sheet, they might be looking there. Uh, as well. Have you ever seen that happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I have flashbacks to like uh, college uh, speech classes where you could tell the people who were introverts as opposed to people who were extroverts or just the people who had done a lot of public speaking already because those who were just getting it out of the way or they were introverted, they would, like you said, they would get up and behind the podium, kind of shrink down as small as they could, and they would read their notes, not look up for a second, and then they would quickly leave. Whereas the people who either A, had done it a lot before and had prepared, or B, were pretty extroverted, at the very least would look up and make eye contact on the parts that they felt like they knew pretty well. As much as it's great to be able to know your stuff well enough where you don't have to do anything more than a furtive glance at your notes every now and again, even if you know it enough to where you can look up and make eye contact every now and then without having to to really just be glued to your notes, it makes a huge difference and it doesn't get you instantly branded as a rookie. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Right, right. And you know, that brings to mind another thing that I've, that I see happen every once in a while. And that's where a a presenter is, is so into their content and, and maybe they have a little bit of a background in drama Mm -hmm. that, that they're not looking at anybody in the audience because it's like they're giving this, it's like the whole thing is one long soliloquy, you know? (laughs) They're I've looking seen this. off into the <laughs> distance and like they're getting that serious slow nod thing going with some of the things that they say. It's like nobody and else is there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to share this spotlight with anybody, you know, and if I if I make too much eye contact, it might acknowledge that there's other people around here. <laughs> That's kind of shining the spotlight on them, and I want it on me. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pretend that you know it's just this, this spotlight that's tightly focused on me, and I can just look wherever I want to and strike my poses and my dramatic gestures, and <laughs> which is that fine line between performance and a presentation, because you are inviting people into some degree into a presentation because you want to connect with them, whereas a performance, it's. It's just making it about you and, and trying to pull all the focus towards you and, and kind of the thing that you're doing as opposed to the information you're trying to impart. Yeah, that's true. And, and remember, we're focused here on big presentations in small rooms. You know, there are some places where maybe it is a play and it's a it's a huge room and there is a spotlight tightly focused on the person who's delivering this soliloquy and it's entirely appropriate for that setting. Right. If you're delivering a big presentation in a small room, it's just going to be weird and awkward. <laughs> it's like there's four of us here. Why don't you look at us? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're right here. Right here, dude. <laughs> so some people don't make eye contact because they're too nervous. Some people don't because they're so wrapped up in their own little world. And either way, they're, they're losing the power of connection. 
uh, especially in those cultures where it is expected and appreciated. So you need to know the culture. You need to know uh, the power of this tool that, that you're wielding eye contact and make sure that you're using it effectively so, so you can connect with people in ways that, that honor them uh, and don't distract them from the message that you're here to deliver. Today, we learned that eye contact is a powerful tool. It's used in marketing and personal communications and in big presentations. We learned that this powerful tool has rules that change from culture to culture. And we talked about how to effectively establish eye contact when speaking to a group of people. And now that you know all this information, use it and you'll be well on your way to making big presentations in small rooms. The concept of eye contact is just one of many things that you can learn that will help you improve your presentations. There's a whole collection of wisdom for you in the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. It's available at Amazon in print form, ebook, or, or audiobook. So you can go there and get your copy today. The link will be in the show notes.